This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, July 14th, 2023. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Shift Technologies cuts staffing by a third. A former Porsche executive may be heading to Rivian. And Jeep makes a U-turn in the UK. Plus, auto loan delinquencies are soaring for two generational groups. 18 to 29 year olds and 30 to 39 year olds, the share of them that are you know, three months late or more on their car loans is really starting to rise. I mean, it's at levels where you know, we haven't really seen since the recession kind of in the late 2000s. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Online used vehicle retailer Shift Technologies said this week that the company is restructuring and reducing its employee headcount by one-third. Shift Technologies of San Francisco is cutting its headcount, which it reported to be 459 as of March 31st, by about 34% as it focuses all resources on omnichannel used vehicle operations and works to improve cost efficiency, according to a regulatory document it filed Tuesday. About 60% of the roles cut are operational, primarily the result of what it calls eliminating centralized support. The rest are concentrated among technology roles because the company also is eliminating investment into its dealer marketplace business. Some general corporate roles are also being reduced, according to the news release. The CEO said in the statement that the company is, quote, moving with a great sense of urgency. The stock has risen about 20% this week on the news to $2.36 per share. Less than a year ago, the share price peaked above $15. Porsche Cars North America's former top executive, Shell Gruna, is said to be headed to the U.S. electric vehicle upstart Rivian Automotive, sources have told Automotive News. Gruna did not return a request for comment on email and LinkedIn this week, When reached for comment, a Rivian spokesperson said, I don't have any information to provide at this time. On Thursday, Germany's manager magazine also reported that Gruna is expected to take a job at Rivian. On July 5th, Porsche announced Gruna was leaving the sports car maker at his own request after less than three years on the job. New Mazda CEO Masahiro Moro said the Japanese carmaker is considering localized production of electric vehicles in North America from around the 2028 timeframe. An assembly may happen in Mexico rather than the U.S. Moro's outlook is slightly later than the timing floated last autumn by his predecessor and reflects Mazda's intent to first build EVs in Japan and export them from there. Moro took the helm last month from Akiro Marumoto, who introduced a new midterm business plan in November. The blueprint calls for plowing more than $10 billion into electrification through 2030. Jeep is reversing its marketing strategy for the Avenger and will now offer a gasoline variant of the small crossover in all Europe's largest markets, adding sales of the gasoline version in Germany, France, and the UK. Stellantis off-road brand unveiled its small model in October at the Paris Auto Show as a full electric vehicle. At the time, the automaker planned to sell a gasoline variant only in Italy and Spain 
where EV sales are slower than in Northern Europe. When sales of the Avenger started in April, Jeep also added the gasoline version in Poland, where the model is built. Here's the thing. Brokers were offering ICE models in France and Germany at a premium price, cutting dealers out of the sales. So Jeep decided last month to open orders for a gasoline variant in France and Germany. This month, it will also start sales of the gasoline Avenger in the UK. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, do you think, I don't know, by any chance the Avenger might get sold in the US? I'd... Probably not. I, I've asked Christian Meunier, the head of global head of Jeep, about this uh, repeatedly. My daughter, I have to admit, my, my middle daughter is a big MCU fan. And uh, I have to say, I mean, once I heard the name, I'm like, oh, uh, a red, white, and blue Steve Rogers edition of the Avenger uh, for the U.S. market. Uh, it's got to be. He really was adamant that it's it's just too small. Americans don't want a Jeep that's that's that small, even if it were all electric. But, you know, they didn't plan to sell a gas version one in uh, Germany, France or UK. So maybe never say never. <laughs> Interesting. Coming up, concerns are growing about Gen Z and millennials falling behind on their car loans. That's next on Daily Drive. Your service check-in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for a trade appraisal missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves, from appointment scheduling through final confirmation in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves, which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane, GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O ocom Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Generation Z and millennial borrowers are falling significantly behind on their car payments at rates last seen during the financial crisis of 2008 and 2009. That's according to an analysis of Federal Reserve data by car insurance comparison site Jerry. And that's during a time when they didn't even have to make federal student loan payments, a budget burden that is set to return in the coming months. Senior editor Dan Shine spoke with Automotive News finance and insurance reporter John Hutter about the increase in auto loan delinquencies and what all might be coming. I am joined today on our F&I Friday edition of Daily Drive by finance and insurance reporter at Automotive News, John Hutter. John, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. So uh, I'm guessing by the time people listen to this on Friday, your story will be online and be in print editions of Automotive News on Monday, the 17th, but you wrote a lot about uh, rising delinquencies amongst a couple groups of the Gen Zers and the millennials. Tell us a little bit about you know the story and, and what it showed. You know, I have to give credit to the, the car insurance shopping site, Jerry, because they're the ones that comb through the Fed's data and flagged this originally. And it's basically the um, 18 to 29 year olds and um, 30 to 39 year olds are 
they're, I mean, the share of them that are, you know, three months late or more on their car loans is really starting to rise. I mean, it's hit levels where, you know, we haven't really seen since the recession kind of in the late 2000s. And so that's obviously a bit of a worrying trend, <laughs> you know. It, I think the quote that you had in there, someone said it was, you know, rising at a blistering pace. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was their their uh, data journalist um, came up with that one. And yeah, it is the the kind of the year over year increase, I, I think, is what the, the stat they used uh, in the first quarter. You know, <laughs> it's it's up a lot. It, and, you know, I mean, it's still it's not like they're, you know, we're, you know, we're at the end of the day, we are still talking about delinquencies being you know, at rates, you know, it's still like sub, it's like 5% or lower, you know, it's not like they're all, you know, uh, but, you know, it's still enough to, to, you know, be an issue, especially since that, if that's a, you know, car, I mean, that's, you know, young people, it'd be a car buying market. I would imagine people want to get into a car lending market. People want to get into. Yeah. And I think as we've reported in the past too, delinquencies overall are, are kind of up. Anyway, right. amongst amongst all groups, but but uh, amongst these two, I think this seems even more of a you know kind of a blip. Do they? Uh, what are they kind of? Are there things that they kind of pinpoint as to why this might be happening with these two groups? Yeah, the theory is that the two age groups kind of went, took on the most debt, you know, and really really took out a lot of auto loans during kind of the COVID pandemic. And the, the theory was that. You know, you had other debt that was kind of put on the back burner thanks to some federal programs where, you know, like, for example, student loans, um, you didn't have to make those payments. And you also had stimulus money coming in. So there was, you know, you had, you know, you had funds, I guess, for a down payment or what have you. And so amount of debt, auto debt that those two groups took on really spiked in relation to the rest of, you know, everybody bought, you know, the, it all rose during that time period from like 2020 to, um, you know, to the end of 2022. But you just see the amount of debt that, for example, 18 to 29 year olds had just on the books um, rose like 31% during that time. The 30 to 39 year olds, it rose 29% during that time. And so, and so now what you've got is a situation where, you know, maybe the it's a little bit harder to make the payments than they thought. Um, another trend we're, we've been noticing is because of some of the programs that people had during the pandemic, credit scores improved. But it's it's more of an on paper situation because you had the you know, you had federal stimulus money and you had loans that for a while you didn't have to make payments on without consequence. So you know, on paper, you looked all of a sudden your credit was improving, but maybe it really wasn't in reality. <laughs> right. They got a lot of money. They had, you know, good credit scores. They, sure. They were getting some, you know, maybe some government help. They got a lot of money. So, well, let's not, let's, let's buy ourselves a nice car. And now everything, costs are going up for everything. And so, right. And I also would imagine that now in October, student loans are going to be due once again. So this, these groups would conceivably have another big loan on their hands and start paying off. And, and I think there were, There'd be some concerns, I would imagine, that these delinquencies will even go up in even higher just because now there's even more things that they've got to pay off. Right, exactly. And I mean, you know, it's we don't really know if, you know, for example, the when you, you know, you have a finite amount of money, whether the your vehicle loan would be where you would put that money and, you know, and maybe flake on the student loan payment. The company that I've been talking to on on the student loan issue, Vantage Score, who's it's kind of like an alternative FICO basically, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's another credit score. And, you know, they didn't really have any data on what 
true effect on the auto market would be. But what they have done is some interesting research into trying to predict what percentage of the people whose loans have been, you know, put into forbearance, they haven't had to pay them back, are going to miss the first payment. <laughs> and um, the best projection where, you know, everybody really comes through and makes that payment still ends up with, you know, it's more than 30% of um, borrowers missing it. And because of that, then you start running into a hit to your credit score <laughs> as well. So you've got kind of two issues coming on. You've got, you know, the delinquencies growing naturally. You know, you could potentially have a, a lot of younger borrowers that all of a sudden their credit scores are going to start to get worse. And so, you know, the ability to sell new vehicles into that market could be a little more difficult than maybe historically it has been. And it'll, it'll be interesting to, to watch because, you know, as we've talked about delinquencies in the last you know half year or so, kind of typically people will make their car payments because they need their right. vehicle to get to work or drive kids around, things like that. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, the student loan, adding the student loan to that now will cause those delinquencies to rise or they'll they'll make that continue to make that car payment. And then maybe, like I said, the student loan or other things might be uh, put on the back burner. Right. And, you know, and really fascinating question is going to be how many people prepared for this in advance. Um, you know, if they're okay, I know, you know, I've got an extra 250 or whatever, you know, the student loan payment would be coming up. I'm, I've made room in my budget for that. And one, um, one thing I was going to bring just as a bonus for your podcast, I saw this study too late to, for the story, but a company called Intelligent, uh, they surveyed people who would qualify for federal student aid and, you know, about uh, almost a thousand of them that would qualify for up to 20,000. And of course the, um, the plan to forgive that unilaterally that the Supreme Court ruled that no, that was too much power for the Secretary of Education to do. But anyway, uh, what they found was three quarters of them thought that that it was going to that it would work, that they would get the full re relief that the Biden administration planned. Half of them um, that thought this spent the money uh, already so that, you know, 37 percent kind of banking on that paid off other debt. So there's, you know, that's that's good. And uh, 58% weren't ready for repayments to resume. So that's, you know, again, like I said, I, I got that data too late to meet the story, but it definitely shows that Vantage Score might be onto something that a lot of people might miss their, their at least their first student loan payment. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch how this all affects the auto loan business and, and eventually, like you said, in correlation, the, the auto buying, auto selling business as well. If, if these folks are having, you know, credit scores that are, are going down, uh, they may not be good candidates for an auto loan in the, in the future. So, John, great chatting with you. Uh, great story. Uh, interesting. I'm sure uh, readers will, will love it when, uh, when it appears in print on Monday. Thanks so much for your time. Hey, thank you. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to our own CJ Moore, Urbash Kakaria, and Hans Greimel, as well as Luca Ciferi of Automotive News Europe for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on digital retail, EVs, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday when we discuss the UAW as President Sean Fain begins his first round of negotiations with the Detroit Three. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.